Hey guys, welcome to episode 129 of the Actual Fluency Podcast. This is your host, Chris Sprohm, as per usual. Really happy to welcome you back to the podcast. Um, really happy that you guys enjoyed the last episode with Mike from Gloska. And so I'm eager to uh, keep making more episodes for you. Today's episode is a little bit special. Um, I know I say that with a lot of episodes, but in this episode I'm joined by Dave Prine, uh, somebody I've met at a lot of the Polygon events, uh, the gathering, and uh, the conference. And uh, he's just a really cool guy who has a really great mentality when it comes to learning languages. And uh, also, as you'll see in this episode, giving advice uh, to me about learning languages. So originally this was intended... I wanted to do an experiment in this episode where we didn't talk before the recording started. So basically what normally happens is I call whoever's on the show and we have a little chat, maybe five, ten minutes, just to get our voices warmed up, just to talk about expectations and topics and that kind of thing. But just to try and mix it up a bit, I challenged Dave in the beginning of the episode to sort of just jump into it and record it as a kind of a fly-on-the-wall conversation. I'm not sure that concept completely worked, but I'll let you be the judge for that. So that's why you'll jump straight into the conversation and not have uh, the normal who are you, uh, although that does come in the episode as well. And the other thing is that it's an incredibly personal episode for me. Uh, As some of you regular listeners might have noticed, my activity has been a little bit missing lately. Uh, I've had some real-life stuff like moving around, moving jobs, um, trying to find out what country I want to live in in the world, trying to find out if this language learning thing is something I want to pursue more seriously, um, even more seriously than I have been doing. And uh, during the episode, Dave helps me a lot, almost like therapy. So uh, that's why I called this episode Polyglot Therapy. And we talk a lot about the kind of wannabe polyglot ideas that I've been having, where if you read my blog, it would be saying something like, Uh, 10 languages in 10 years. And I think for a lot of people, that's a great goal to have. That's a great idea. Uh, My goal was 10 solid languages in 10 years, which I realize now is not really what I want to do. Um, Maybe with the help of Dave, maybe with the last four years of experience. Um, Of course, if I could get to 10, 10 quality high level languages in 10 years, I'd be more than happy. But I think making it your goal can sort of it can make a bad impact on your life, I realized, because we're all busy, we all have stuff to do, we all have our jobs, our lives, our families, and if the language learning doesn't quite go as planned, then it can be a, a bit of a, a frustration that, oh no, I, s- I haven't progressed at all in the last three months, what will become of me? And you sort of go into this, or at least I do, I, obviously it's a very personal opinion, but I go into this kind of mood where I just don't want to do anything more with it. So that's why I think after this episode, I I really got a lot of clarity in what I want to do with languages, which is more of a reporting role, which I guess I have been doing for the last four years. I I have been the interviewer, you know, the researcher, if you will. Um, I actually, some of my work uh, is going to academia with the help of the Open University. I, I don't know exactly how big a part some of these interviews have played, but I definitely had a request for the transcripts and sent them over as best I could. Um, so going forward, that's personally my ambition. Yeah, I'll still learn languages for sure, but I no longer have this kind of impending pressure over my head to master 10 languages in 10 years, which I think to begin with was probably too much of a goal what you should probably do which is also something i talk about in in a course that i made is one at a time and you should have you know some goals related to that but the as my good friend uh, anthony lora says the only way to learn 10 languages is to learn nine and add one so with that in mind uh, i hope you enjoy this episode oh by the way uh, me and dave were talking for so long that uh, i had to cut it up into two episodes otherwise there was just no there was just no way it was going to fit in one. So you will see uh, both up uh, two parts, and uh, they'll be released almost right after each other. And it'll be the same blog post on the website, but um, the anchor or whatever podcast player you're using will display uh, part one and part two, just 
so it's not an hour and a half long for one episode. I think that gets a little bit too much for most people. So uh, I hope you enjoy. And last but not least, a little shout out to my friends at Glossica for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Glossica provide space repetition-based programs, audio um, with a lot, of, a pretty cool AI that kind of scales the difficulty of the sentences as you progress. As a very hands-off feature, and if you get the subscription, you can get access to 50 plus languages. And there are also a couple of free languages like Welsh and Manx, I believe, although that's a very small course at the moment. But I like to see that Glasgow is also doing something for these minority languages around the world. If you want to try Glasgow, you can go to tryglasgow.com. Where you can uh, try the courses and the service for a limited number of repetitions, and of course, if you do want the full package with all the languages and unlimited use and tools, then it is a monthly subscription, and like I said, you do get access to all the languages, which is great for aspiring polyglots. So, with that said, enjoy the episode with Dave, and let me know what you think, and be sure to check out part two, which will be released when you listen to this. Yeah. Uh, just before we uh, uh, start talking, I just wanted to say for uh, legal reasons, I guess, uh, I'm recording from the get-go. That's how the software works. Uh, just so you don't say any incriminating uh, secrets yet. <laughs> <laughs> and the the other thing was, uh, I've done a lot of podcast episodes. I'm kind of tired of the format. <laughs> I'm tired yeah. of, you know how when you're chatting with someone, like at the gathering or the whatever uh, you have one conversation and then when you try and record yourself having that kind of conversation it's sort of different maybe even artificial in a way it, it it's it's hard yeah because you you're 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 consciously thinking hey i'm on this has to be good this has to be perfect um i mean i've i've only done like a few episodes with rick and i've done a couple interviews with like Lindsay and a couple other people and every time i feel like when i'm being recorded i sound like an idiot so i'm sure <laughs> this, this will be no different so um <laughs> well, so what, yeah so what i basically wanted to ask your permission to do is just basically publish everything from this no cutting no nothing we're just trying to make it as natural as possible in one take i think that's a a thing they say in the in the movie business uh you can have like a uh, big long take scenes uh one take mm -hmm. sorry one take scenes mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know we up for it a little bit uh, of a, a an artistic challenge not an autistic yeah. challenge, which is very similar, <laughs> but <laughs> you know. um, yes, I, I I am game to to do with it what you will. It's it's basically as we say, it's your funeral. Uh, it can only uh, <laughs> us, us doing this in one take can only harm you. That's true. Um, so. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We'll see. Yeah, so, so how, how is the sound? How is how is the connection? How is my mic? I've got like a little mic here, and I'm wearing headphones, so I can hear you best. Um, so how do I sound? Perfect. Perfect. Great, great. Okay, it's great. Good. So just say the word, and we will we will call action, and uh, no. uh, we will. Just... Wait, no, there won't be any action. We've already started. Oh, we've started. Oh my. That's okay. the that's that's what I was trying to get to. Was I, I'd try and just um, breaking down a wall, I guess, in a way, um, to to try and make it more natural. Because I, yeah, I, like I said, I've done a lot of episodes, and interviews are very difficult. Like uh, that's partly why i never really called my show an interview show per se i would say it's more of a, a conversation and that's why it's not really that edited to begin with of course you cut the ends off usually uh just to get the usually uh the preamble and the post ramble <laughs> <laughs> you cut that off um but yeah so so basically what's new what have you been up to where are you where are you recording from today I am recording from lovely Charlottesville, Virginia, in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, this has been my home for a little over two years now. I moved out here to follow my partner uh, from Santa Barbara, California, and um, I am actually today is my off day. I have um, I have classes. I'm in grad school at, at University of Virginia. I'm working on a master's in linguistics, and luckily you caught me on a day where I am not. Uh, on campus for 12 hours so uh yeah so the weather's nice. nice here although we have a, we have a storm coming through uh the next uh, few days so depending on when you uh when you put this online um hopefully my house will still be standing then <laughs> yeah hopefully i guess it's hurricane season in uh some parts of the country 
Yeah, I think yeah. Usually we, we it's a big country, so we get a lot of different weather. So yeah, uh, it's all, there's always something. <laughs> That's true. And you're so you're you're working on linguistics in the academic sense as well. Do you sometimes find that that kind of I don't know interferes with with your own language learning, which I think for the most part is not that linguistic for most people. Oh, oh, entirely. In fact, um, (laughs) well, it's funny because you know, working working in linguistics, you get to work with languages, but you, um, I mean, it's it's kind of like a um, a mechanic. It's like being a a garage mechanic and you know, getting to work on fancy sports cars, but you never get to drive them around. Uh, So uh, it's it's a little like that. I I do find that. Uh, the language learning is really it's it's been mostly just a hobby for me through my life. It's just been a passion, something fun to do. But the real world does kind of come in. And I, I love linguistics, too. I love studying languages. I love learning how they work and how uh, communities work with them. And my my big thing is that I am an endangered language advocate. So I'm I'm doing things to help um, perpetuate endangered or minoritized languages or to spread the word or to, you know, hopefully get involved with uh, something a little, little deeper, like documenting a language or creating a dictionary or a grammar book from scratch that, you know, that just hasn't existed yet. So, um, yeah, so, so basically uh, you're just going to get 900 word answers to your simple questions, but uh, yeah, I do, I do find that studying linguistics and, you know, and, and other real world things that even though I like them, they do keep me from studying languages. Mm. Well, that's the same I feel about uh, doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I won't tell your audience. <laughs> it's hard to uh, it's hard to uh, actually do some learning if you if you do a lot of recording. No, that's not true uh, entirely. But um, but yeah, if you if you spend a lot of time talking about learning languages, sometimes you find you don't really do a lot of learning. Uh, I mean, that's my personal experience. Uh, you know, if you go to a lot of the meetings or you take part in the Facebook groups and the if you have like uh, regular Skype chats like this one, then, you know, it is a real risk in a way. Uh, not that there's any, you know, deadlines or anything, but I would say I, I have caught myself doing a lot of talking about learning languages instead of talking in the damn languages, you know. Oh well, I, I agree, and and uh, don't don't take this the wrong way, but you are a language uh, personality. You are a polyglot celebrity of sorts, and so that's kind of part of your job, part of your identity, part of your uh, your lifestyle. And so you have to spend time talking about languages and reviewing things, or talking about how you've you know been learning them or how you haven't. And uh, it, it's it's like it's like a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like anything anything else. Um, and in fact, I um, I'm I'm working on a podcast with my uh, uh, good nemesis Rick Dearman, and we just recorded something a few days ago uh, talking about accountability and a community. And I find that uh, there's there you know there are forums and and you know obviously ve- other venues where you can. Uh, chat about language with other people. And I find that a lot of times there's this desire to log what you're doing and to mm. talk about what you've done and, and list all the resources. And I find that it, it, it's a, it's a fun way to engage with community, but it's really not productive for you know, <laughs> sitting down and, and learning, you know, grammar or vocabulary um, or, or actually talking with someone for a language exchange and, and so on. So it, it's really kind of, you know, you have to decide what you want to do with your time and and also kind of what you're obligated to. I think I think last time I, I got details from you, you were working a full time job um, and you're also doing the podcast, uh, which which, you know, I, I, I love I love your podcast. I think it's great. Um, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm, I'm flattered. I'm, I'm, I'm now, I'm now playing with the big kids and, uh, you know, I, I think it's great. And I, I would love for you to continue this, uh, forever and ever, but I also know that, you know, you've, you've had you know, many life changes and you are very open about your, your, your life and your failures and your successes and your, your changes and, and everything. And so I know, uh, firsthand, uh, could you tell me along with your other fans uh, that you, you know, you have a lot going on. So how does, how does, how does your life uh, <laughs> accommodate language learning nowadays? Well, not much admittedly. Uh, so what, what I'm trying to do is to get better at this, the ones I already know. So uh, instead of starting from scratch, which I, it's like 10 times as hard as, as any other learning I, I find, <laughs> Um, I'm basically working on just improving what I have. So the Russian 
it's my best uh, newest for foreign language so what i'm doing is trying to get a lot more input trying to read the paper i've got a there's a uh, a national russian paper here in the uk you can subscribe to uh, for like a dollar an issue uh, sent to your door so that's quite nice uh, and um, i have the harry potter you know as many other people <laughs> do uh, and trying to read it which i think is great because it, if you know the story it's really a lot easier to to try and read because obviously it takes a lot of language learning to be able to even get close to sitting down and reading a normal adult level um work of of that size even the first book which i i think is only about 250 300 pages the language used is just so you know it, it's everyday language right so you need a, a working vocabulary of was it five to ten thousand words to understand it without context and luckily i have a lot of context because i've read it in english and danish and maybe some other languages i forgot uh but that really helps and i try to watch a lot on youtube my friend uh, artem is doing a lot of good work with his russian progress project i don't know if you've seen it uh but he's a, a pretty cool guy and just getting some input i think is something that i've been lacking for for that and then for work, I try to talk to my uh, Swedish and Norwegian colleagues, which are two languages that I've sort of neglected all my life. But since I got involved with the language learning community, I realized that I've got two sort of free languages just hanging there, and I never really bothered to spend any time on them. So so that's that's basically what I'm working on. And as you alluded to, not really that much time. And I keep saying it's not necessarily the time of in the day. It's more like mental time. You know, you can only do creative and productive pursuits for so many hours of the day i find whether it's doing a podcast like this or uh, reading uh, a really new language for me or whatever it is that takes real uh, mental uh, ability of course you can play video games and watch netflix all day if you wanted <laughs> which is uh, i don't know why why that is but uh, basically I, I find that for learning languages you just need to be in the right spot mentally and if you have a full-time job and you have other hobbies and you have like relationships like normal people, then <laughs> there's just not, not that much time left uh, mentally, I find. And I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, do, do you have that energy uh, to learn languages more or less? Or It, it, it varies. I, I get into sort of um, uh, grooves here and there. And I, I, I like to do a lot of different things, but I don't always... Um, you know, do them regularly. And so uh, I like to play musical instruments. So I have, uh, I just got a, a drum set for my birthday. So I've been playing that, but I also play guitar and piano and bass. Um, I study different languages. Uh, yeah, I have other, like I've got like writing projects and just all these random things. And, you know, uh, uh, my partner uh, told me one of the best things recently. She said, look, you can do anything but you can't do everything. And it really, it really has made me kind of realize, okay, well, I need to figure out what's important and what, what, ha what, you know, gives me the most, um, uh, pleasure or what has the most meaning for me. But I tend to be a, a sort of a butterfly. So it, I'll go from language to language. I'll go from instrument to instrument. And a lot of people say, you know, Dave, if you just pick one instrument, you would be so good at it. You would be, hmm. you know, a virtuoso. And I thought, well, yeah, but but they are missing that whole concept of how much of any one thing can your brain take. If if I didn't have drums and bass and guitar in my life, I wouldn't fill that time with just more piano. I would still need to put that aside and then go to something else, go to another language or go to another book to read or, you know, or another Netflix binging series to watch or something so i find that that i do have the attention span of a goldfish at times and it does it does work against me but i also i also tend to be driven by what calls to me at the time and you know good or bad it's kind of what works for me and i i know i have to do my homework first and chores and obligations and things that i must do but once i actually get down to the fun time then it's really uh, dictated kind of by what it, you know what what has the most meaning for me am i going on a trip soon if so then maybe i'll study that language um of the location i'm going to over another language like say esperanto or any other language that doesn't have uh any immediacy in my life 
So, I mean, like you, you said that you're, you're doing Swedish and Norwegian and that's, that's because you have a Danish of course. Uh, f- foundation. Yeah. So, yeah. but, but, but is that, is that good or bad? I mean, the fact that you have this kind of accessible to you, does that, uh, is that really where you want to be spending your, uh, your language learning time on? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a great question. I don't, that I don't have a, an immediate an- answer for. Uh, it is a dilemma. Thought about it. It's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's so accessible, but at the same time, it's also not that different. So the point of learning it kind of, it's not the same as learning a completely different language because then you need to learn it to actually communicate. But if I can communicate in Danish to Norwegian people, you might argue I don't need to learn Norwegian at all. But I I think it's kind of like, it's not a very serious project. It's not that I sit at home and, and read uh you know, or watch anything in the language. It's just my, I have colleagues at my work who are from Sweden and Norway. And so I will try as much as I can also during work, you know, which is like, you might as well do it when you paid for it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just try and use it as much as possible. And I've been trying to encourage the office to speak, you know, Scandinavian as it were, uh, because there's obviously we're in England. A lot of people have this, uh, they, they switch to English very quickly. So I've been trying to uh, instigate a kind of a Scandinavian policy because for the most part, we can understand each other. And I think it just it just feels better that way. Whereas English, mm, it's a little bit impersonal, I feel like, if we if we know we have that connection behind it. So so it's not like I'm, I'm, I've got, uh, you know, uh, Asimil Norwegian here next to me or anything. It's not that serious, but uh, I feel like it's it's something that just makes sense. And I think from a career perspective, the difference between being able to understand, let's say, Norwegian and being able to communicate entirely in Norwegian is a huge difference, which is also going to be very difficult to reach. It's a bit like going from, you know, A1 to A2 is like nothing, but going from, you know, C1 to C2 is like impossible. So that's the same I feel like with with this language where it's going to take me a long time to get good at it because it's so similar <laughs> if that makes any sense no 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 I, t- I totally understand I find that studying uh two or more languages that are uh, uh, closely related uh, really doesn't work all that well I tend to get confused by the by the the differences and the near similarities and especially with Slavic languages I think I tried learning uh Polish and I was a Croatian. I, I I forget. There are two languages that were close enough to where most of the words were very similar, mm. but I would uh, but I would forget which which way to say thank you or please or and I, I found that it it just did not work for me. So I had to I had to stop with you know I had to quit one and then focus on the other and get that foundation in before I could then you know learn something else on top of that. So uh, it it is a tough process. Um, my friend uh, Lucas did it. Really quickly, with uh, I think it was French, Spanish, and Italian, and he he said his kind of secret to success was using subtitles. So you had you were watching using one of the languages and the subtitle and the other because what your brain really needs is more to see the differences rather than learn what's new. Uh, so I don't know if 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 that's something you've used, but for me. I think that makes a lot of sense to to work that way. But of course, you're going to get be confused. I mean, that's like people saying, "Oh, why should I learn? F- why should my goal be to learn five languages? Because I'll just get confused with the first two. The thing is, so what? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like uh, I remember one day I was really. This is one of actually I've never told this story before. It's a very funny story that I've been. Uh, I think I've compartmentalized for a while. But so I was in uni at the German, uh, it was just a German major. And um, we had to, there was a field trip to Germany. But I somehow got the weeks wrong. So I was <laughs> sleeping in, it was like Saturday morning. And I was sleeping in, and I've been up all night, sleeping in. It was about, I think it was about 11 when I finally got up. And I had like 15 missed calls, 20 messages. And uh, I listened to one of them, they're like, uh, we're about to board the, the train. Where are you? Are you coming? Uh, what's going on? And and so I had to quickly pack all my stuff, find a train ticket, get to the station, and somehow make it to like, it was like a six-hour train ride. I had to get it all the way down there to Germany. 
And uh, when I got off the train at the other end, I was so it was almost like jet lag, really. It, I know it's not because <laughs> you know it's not, <laughs> no time zone differences, but because I was so tired from yesterday, and it was so confusing for me. I got off the train and I just I scrolled through five languages before I finally got to the German for yes or <laughs> or no I can't remember it was one of the two like uh, I was just like confused basically because it was a German excursion so we were supposed to speak in German even though everyone speaks English of course uh, and the, and the the student who housed me also speaks English but so the confusion I think will always be there and and I honestly I don't think it's limited to similar languages either Sometimes I, I when I I'm doing some reading in a different language could be German. Sometimes I'll just the the Russian word just pops into my head even though it's not related at all. So if anyone's sitting out there worrying that if they start to learn foreign languages or more foreign languages that they will be confused, I can almost guarantee that you will at some point. Oh oh yeah that that, that comes with the territory and that's. Uh... Uh, it, it, it's not anything to be worried or ashamed about, uh, and and I think I think some people may have the badge of oh I never get confused. It's like well good for you, but doesn't mean that it's a bad thing for those who do. And especially you know in the in these polyglot circles, and I and I use polyglot as an adjective. Uh, in these polyglot circles, you have people who really have put in the time to study you know different languages to different levels, and. You know, especially when you don't get to use them for a while, you've got all these words and sentences kind of swirling around in your head. You know that that you know were, you know, we could say that they were in like different buckets in your head, but they're going to spill out. They're going to intermingle, and you know, if you do, if you haven't used say Portuguese in a year, and someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, say something in Portuguese," <laughs> you know, you're not you're not going to just be able to reach in that bucket. You've got to get the mop and clean everything up, and you know, other words will come out, and you may stall and stutter. And that, I mean, that that happens to me every single time because I cram languages usually for you know a, tra a travel you know, uh, reason or, uh, you know, back when I was younger, if I met, you know, a woman who spoke such and such language, I would be inclined to learn it. Um, you know, and, and so I've, I've picked up bits and pieces of really about 40 different languages and, you know, a lot of it I've forgotten and there's still some of it just kind of, you know, kind of residual, uh, bits and pieces stick, sticking around in my head. So if you say, Hey, speak Estonian, <laughs> you know, it'll take me a minute and then I might be able to say, uh, or, or, you know, that, actually, that's it. That's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, I get it with yeah. even very good languages. Uh, if people sort of spring it on me, I'm like, okay, I've forgotten every word I ever knew in this language. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> I don't know if that's an introvert, extrovert thing, but I, I find it really funny. Like, uh, I was talking to my friend Connor the other day, and he he uh, stays a lot in Ukraine. He, he talks a lot about his learning Russian. And uh, at the end of the episode, he just kind of sprung some Russian on me, and I was just taken aback, even though I think my Russian is pretty good, but I, I don't know what happens. It's just like you flick a switch, and it's got just gone. It's like I'm um, day one. <laughs> I can't even remember a single word. It's, it's great. Well, well, what 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 do you get to use Russian for other than like your own personal um, you know enjoyment, like reading and and um, and and whatnot, like reading the newspaper, uh, Harry Potter, uh, YouTube videos, and all that? Do you actually get to go out and use it? Because I, I I find that I can study a language and just be totally content with learning vocabulary, uh, you know, and I don't need to necessarily uh, exercise it with someone, but I do find that when I do have that opportunity, even when I plan for it, it's still, it's a, it's, it's a totally different set of muscles. Mm. So are, are you speaking Russian? Uh, yeah, no, no, not at all, actually. And that's been a, a long struggle, not struggle per se, but that's been a long debate of mine as well, because when I picked it ages, uh, ages ago, it's like five years ago now, I um, just kind of picked it out of the blue, you know, the video game I was playing had a lot of Russian players, so <laughs> it made sense, you know, but on the other hand, I could have, I mean, picking, I could have probably found better reasons to pick Swahili or something really obscure, uh, like uh, uh, Kitsch or, <laughs> you know, I just learned something really, uh, really obscure, but I decided to go with, with Russian just for the, maybe it's a bit of a practical consideration, going by like just number of speakers i thought okay well it's either chinese spanish or russian i guess just as a 
term of practicality. I wish I would have chosen Spanish. I think that would have been a little bit easier on me to uh, kind of, uh, you know, get me used to learning a, a foreign language and maybe one that was a little bit easier. But that is a struggle, yeah. And I wish I had languages I could learn that had better reasons. Uh, and I think going, if I could do it again, I would probably have picked something uh, that had more direct influence, like maybe some of the local languages. In Denmark, we have, of course, Danish is like 95% or more, but there is a significant Turkish population. There's quite a few Arabic speakers as well. Uh, so I could have picked something close to my community, which could have been a lot more meaningful, like, you know, talking to the hairdresser or somebody down the pub or whatever, you know, uh, whereas Russian, I would, there's almost no chance of me finding somebody speaking Russian in my hometown. It's, it's just not going to happen. So I don't know what kind of, what to make of it. I, I've done it for, like I said, five years now. And the pursuit of learning a language like Russian, I think it makes sense now with what's going on in, in the world. I think Russian is a really strong language and, uh, the uh, obviously a huge economy they've really uh, done well after the the financial crisis uh, so i think as a term of practicality russian was a good choice but in terms of sort of uh, i don't know social uh, enjoyment equity or whatever you want to call it uh, i don't think it was a particularly good choice and it was very difficult for me actually uh, so i now that i've been through it all I can safely say that I recommend people to pick a language if they're getting into it for the, like the first foreign language. If you've learned a couple of languages, you probably already know, but uh, pick something that's close to you. Pick something you can use because that's the point of language. You know, if you have to artificially drum up Russian speakers or, you know, f go find it all the time, if you weren't looking for it before, then I can't see it being very successful. Like that's why it's taking me so long to get anywhere competent. And that's just stubbornness because I was like, okay, now I've spent a year doing this. I can't give up now. And I've been talking uh, on the blog about me learning Russian. I've written about it. I've, you know, done presentations and like, I can't just go back on that now. There, there'll be no way back basically. But for anyone else, I would say, <laughs> don't worry about it. Just, just go with something that's, that's dear to you or that you can actually use that, part of your interests or hobbies or family um practicality can come second i think well yeah, i i i yeah i i agree i think that um i mean i mean practicality does play a part uh it it, it plays a big part you know because if you um if you want to learn a language for a specific reason if you want to be able to use it then you know uh putting yourself in a practical situation is is ideal your your job or uh, travel or you know again meeting meeting a, a member of the opposite or same sex that you want to sort of you know impress or uh you know get to get to know better or whatnot i mean these are all these are all valid yet frivolous reasons uh depending on how you look at them but i i, I have to say i mean if you are if you are not digging russian right now i you know, I would I would say that if you were to give up Russian today and move on to Spanish or start something new or even take a break, I don't think anyone would or should or could judge you for that. And no, I think it's no. yeah, and I and I think it's important that people know that uh, you know if if the language just does not fit into your life the way you wanted it to or the way you'd hoped, uh, there is no harm in um, stepping away from that, even even just temporarily and saying, look, this is not giving me the pleasure or the the practicality that I want. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you, you, you've been doing this for years now, and what you've gotten out of it is more than most people who are going into languages. You know, a lot of people do go into them and just get kind of frustrated and then quit despite the fact that it's useful, uh, that they have a, a practical use for it. Uh, so it, it's, I mean, the the value that you've gotten out of it so far, I would think is is immeasurable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then if you if you one day said, you know what, this I've gotten a lot out of it, but I don't want any more, or I'd rather use my time on another language or playing another video game or, <laughs> or you know, or, or, or finding a nice box of chocolates to send Dave, then by all means, spend your time doing that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think it's a it's a brilliant argument. Uh, I don't know if I agree entirely, uh, just on a personal view, of course. Uh, if people are listening, then their situation might be be different. But I don't know. It's just tough that for me, maybe. But this goes back to fundamental 
polyglottism because if you're kind of if you're if you're in love or if you like the idea of learning foreign languages but you don't know which one i think that puts you in a tough spot no matter what and for me that's the spot i'm in because i really do want to keep expanding my my language um, portfolio and i really do want to keep getting better at them but i don't necessarily have any need for any other language than english and danish english to because i live in england and danish because my family's from there and it'd be really weird to speak english to them but they'll probably understand <laughs> me though but uh, but you know what i mean right so so if i gave up russian to study spanish i'd be in exactly the same position except five years less studying <laughs> so oh. I'd, so i'd just be trying to learn a new language that i was really bad at instead of some something that i'm getting better at and by the way i would say that a lot of the enjoyment comes with uh, as you get better i think there's a lot of enjoyment at the beginning when you like yeah feeling the language for the first time then there's a long stretch of pain and then you get to enjoy it because you sudden it starts to make sense like you're starting to understand how they think the native speakers so i i that's how that's what i do anyway i try to find the enjoyment in in the improvement in the process itself and i try to find the enjoyment in 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 just trying to get better so at some point not that it's all to do with career because obviously I have nothing to do with Russia. I don't have a job. I, I mean, we do have some some business in Russia, but <laughs> I don't think that's a, any uh, where that I would like to go necessarily to work full time. Um, but it, the old saying, you know, to put it on the CV, is something that I do work from because it, if it, if you can't if it if it doesn't provide any benefit any practical benefit then i just don't get the motivation to actually do it so i need to have that reason you know that practical reason which for other people could be the grandmother or the i don't know native the home country or, or whatever but for me it, it's a really difficult situation and i feel like it this is almost like therapy <laughs> but <laughs> because uh i've had this, these thoughts since, since the beginning i mean if you go back to some of the old blog posts on actual fluency I do mention it back then already that I feel like it is not as easy as people make it out to to uh, pick a language to begin with, which sounds silly. But uh, so I don't know what what that makes me. I, I f sometimes I feel like I'm a bit of a, uh, a a unique or let's just call it a freak of uh, of kind of the polyglot world because I don't have strong connections to any other languages. I just kind of do it for for the learning itself, for the process itself. Yeah, and that's and I you know I think that is uh, an extremely valid reason, but it does set set people up for um, possible failure. If people are interested in languages and they say, "Oh, what language should I learn?" There's really no way for anyone else to answer that for them. People can give advice, yeah. but you know if you want to learn a language just to see how learning a language works, uh, then you would want to pick something uh, simple or easy, which is you know a vague concept. Not really. Uh, yeah, not Russian, not Russian. I mean, unless you're unless you're Polish or true, um, yeah. you know so, something. So it it does depend, but um, I think I think that people need to uh, have uh, an inkling of what kind of language they want to study if they want to study a language. Just say, oh, I'm 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 a blank slate. Throw a language at me. It's like, well, that that won't always stick you know i mean i like i mean there's esperanto because it's very easy and i, I proposed learning 2000 words uh recently in esperanto as a new goal and someone someone wrote back and said hey you know what i i think 2000 is is too many you don't need that because once you learn all the suffixes and prefixes and root words you're 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 pretty set so that that could that can be a quick one and in fact the reason i'm getting back into it is because i've studied it just you know piecemeal uh, over the years, and I finally decided, you know what, I want to get Esperanto under my belt finally, and it'll be easier to learn than, say, you know, getting back into Hungarian or Estonian or Russian sure. or or Manx, you know, and so on. So I figure, uh, let, let's, let, you know, I, I like Esperanto, but I also want to just get this over with and learn enough to have a great foundation. So that is, uh, that is part of the new plan. So I think it's tough. <clears throat> I think it's tough because the people like i got into the the whole language learning community as a community you know i didn't get into the language learning community because i had spent 
years learning languages and then found people who also were doing it. I found the community first and then sort of decided to become a part of it. And that is that is pretty difficult sometimes because, you know, I, not that I said I couldn't, but it would be very strange if I posted tomorrow, I'm done learning more languages. Like, that would be very strange for me. Uh, but maybe maybe it's not such a crazy idea after all. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Oh God! This is yeah. one of those. Oh yeah! Oh and yeah! And then, and then Chris talked to Dave, and then the next day the, he quit languages. And the Thanks, podcast, Dave. the podcast is over. Yeah. Yeah, they Dave ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, I'm just trying to explain kind of how I approach it because I think there are a lot of people out there that that have very different degrees of interest in learning languages. Some people are listening to just get a few phrases for their holidays. Some people are listening just to get a bit of company on their commute. Some people are listening, you know, to, to become the next Richard Simcott or um, Mesofanti or whatever. And for me, although that sounds lovely, I just also wanted to bring in kind of a, a, a different perspective. And I, I basically don't have any answers for anything. That's what I'm saying. But I would love to have the position that many people do where they just say, oh, it just makes perfect sense what languages to learn. I have this family history. I like to go here. I like to eat this food. I like to listen to this music. And then there are people like me, uncultured and <laughs> classless, <laughs> who don't have any kind of uh, interest like that. But it doesn't really stop me from, from pursuing language learning as a, as a hobby. But I guess the big question is, am I doing it Am I doing it because I want to? Or am I doing it because it sounds cool to say that I'm doing it? Maybe cool is the wrong word, but it sounds, it it's kind of like a, a virtual signaling in a way. Look at me, how, how I'm doing all this language learning. And then behind the scenes, I'm kind of like not really enjoying it that much and, and not really doing much of it. It's not entirely true, but, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and and I think um, I mean the the polyglot crowd is it's a fun crowd. I mean, it's kind of like my people, and you know, and I think your people too. And it's yeah, it's definitely. just an it's a neat environment. You know, I've been to the last three polyglot gatherings. Um, in fact, that's that's where I, I I first met you. I don't I don't know if you remember that, but because uh, I was I was very like it was my first one, and uh, there are all these people. You know, there's Lindsay Williams and Benny Lewis and you know Chris Broholm. You've probably heard of him and Richard Simcott and all these all these big names and I just like started learning about this community and uh, I show up and you know I, I like languages and I speak bits and pieces you know give or take um, but I really felt like a, a newbie there and, and just sort of like almost like an imposter mm. and you know and, it, and it's and it's great to be around these people who support the idea of languages but you do have to be careful because it's a it's a very fine line between um, going there and getting what you know, getting that sort of thing out of it, where you're just around good people who are in support of languages, and then the other side is people who speak all these languages that you emulate, and you want to be like them, and you want to have the the proficiency and the fluidity of conversation. And at this last one, I just kind of realized that I am I am not like I am not like a lot of these people not you know I'm not that talented and I I never will be and even even you know in the past year I've I've started slowly kind of kind of stepping back from that because I'm I'm doing less with language study and more with linguistic study and and music and other things that are in my life and I I just I just don't have the ability to uh you know spend the time that that is needed not even necessarily the time right. that these people are spending because richard richard Sim, simcott you i swear you hit the guy over the head with like a you know an acadian grammar book and it like goes straight into his head and he's fluent the next day and i hate him yeah and i never want to talk to him again <laughs> except he, he's like the nicest guy in the world yeah but um but i will never be him and i will you know i and i i realize that i it would be great to say i i you know have reached that level but i never will and i've accepted that and i still plan to go to these things and st I still will learn languages when I want to or when I need to and I will still go and buy books and and you know t-shirts and whatnot because I, I'm into swag but uh, yeah as much as I love this whole group this whole this whole um, community at large 
Um, and I've met some great people. I've met you. I've, I've been interviewed by Lindsay uh, Williams and, you know, just in, I'm in touch with a bunch of these people and they're all, they're all great. And that is the biggest reward, but mm. I will never, never truly be what others are. But, but right now I'm working to do what I can to, um, you know, hopefully have, have someone down the line say, Oh yeah, I want to be just like Dave Fryan. I want to know 10 words in 600 languages and, uh, and then, you know, hide under his desk and cry, you know, I want to be just like him. So, um, cause that's basically all I do. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, we definitely killed the uh, all kind, all hopes for future podcast episodes and, uh, <laughs> language learning is dead. You should not learn languages. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, obviously it's good to have a, a different point of view as well. And, and I also think that I've been a victim of this imposter syndrome a lot. And I think it's because my goal with actual Funzi was not necessarily to show how amazing I was or how I could be. I mean, I, in the beginning, I did believe that I could learn a lot of languages in a, in over a period of time um, because I thought that if I put my mind to it, I could do it. But as we talked about, you can't just kind of hit your head against a grammar book and eventually learn it. You need to actually have some drive and some motivation and some routines and some consistent effort. And it does take time. But at the same time, I think my goal was more to share the stories of people who did that and sort of document and interview and, and everything. So maybe it's just uh, maybe it's just me with my maybe I'm just not entirely balanced on, on what I want to do with myself or what I want to be in this uh, kind of. Uh, topic this particular topic but yeah, i think you might have hit the nail on the head there that i th there's no pressure really like uh, if i come to the gathering next year which i expect to and i speak oh, exactly I so. <laughs> yeah i was uh, really annoyed to miss this one uh just a kind of a bad timing with the new job and everything but um the last one was amazing and uh last year weather was amazing and just a, a really good show put on uh, down there in uh, slovakia um but if I come to the next one and I have exactly the same number of flags on my badge and I speak <laughs> roughly the same level in the languages, who cares? You know, that's, that's, so what? That's, I mean, it's already already doing better than when I started five years ago. So, so maybe, maybe it's not so bad after all. But you can't help but have that feeling all the time. And that, you're right that it is a... It's a very double-edged sword about the gathering, which is funny that you should mention that because somebody else told me this like the other day. I think it was three days ago. I did another recording, and uh, they, we were talking about the Langfest in Montreal, and uh, he said the same thing. He was like, "Well, I need to remind myself that although the motivation and inspiration I get from there, I you know n need to not compare myself to some of, some of the people there. Like if you compare yourself to Richard Simcoe." everyone's a monoglot, right? You know, it's just <laughs> nothing that comes close. And, and, and he is who he is. Uh, and and I think that it's important to take that uh, perspective as well. But but do come to these events, honestly. I think they're great fun, even even if we ignore all the language aspects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, definitely. I mean, I, mean I, I, I was really glad to go last year because I met some great people the year before and you know even even just as like drinking buddies it was it was a, a treat just to come back and see these people and to do it in the context of language um uh, enthusiasm it, it made it all the better and you know i and i like i i learned about um a lot of this stuff i think in 2015 and then i was able to make the 2016 gathering and that was my first one and that was like wow that that really turned me um you know, that, that, that changed me. I am a forever yeah. a huge person. And, you know, and you, like, you were one of the first people I ever met, um, on, or, or heard of, uh, first one was Lindsay Williams, Nadow at the time. And <laughs> she, she did a, like a, I think a video podcast with you. Then I learned about you, learned about your, your, your website. And then I met you at the 2016 um, gathering, and then at Langfest uh, shortly thereafter. Um, I don't know why I'm giving this history, but this is my story. And um, I just I, I have to say that I really enjoy the podcast that you put out because you are talking to all these people. You are getting uh, feedback and advice 
and different perspectives. And there has never been a time where I said, oh, but but Chris doesn't speak as much as this guy or this this woman. Um, it's never been like that. And I think that you uh, are, are a huge part of the community because of what you do and not because of the languages that you are trying to speak. And um, yeah, so right. so my, my point is that you better keep doing this because I don't I don't want to get <laughs> you know, email threats, say, you, you ruined Chris. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's my disclaimer, but, um, but no, but I mean, it's just, and then, you know, meeting you in person, meeting everyone else in person. Um, it, it's just, it, it's such a warm crowd. And I think the people who are afraid of the crowd really need to go. Hey guys, just wanted to thank you for listening to this first part of the episode with Dave Prine. It's uh, it's really an interesting episode and probably one of the most unique I've done so far. And it's really helping me personally to understand sort of the problems that I've been facing mentally when it comes to learning languages. Um, before you move on to episode, the next part, which you can find in your podcast player or on actualfluency.com forward slash 130, I uh, just wanted to quickly give a shout out to Gloscare. So Gloscare is sponsoring the show this season which means more episodes and hopefully if you uh, like it we can get them on board for the next season which would be fantastic so Gleska provide these audio courses in more than 50 languages and the way it's set up is that you start out on a low level a1 or you can in some of the languages test out they have quite a different amount of content for each language so you might want to give it a try for your target language just to see if uh, see how much is available you do get access to all their courses all their languages when you get a monthly subscription so you don't have to pay you know 10 times if you want to learn and improve or maintain 10 different languages what i really like is the hands-off feature so basically you can just start it and then you'll do your daily reps and you do repetitions that get longer and longer apart. So this is like part of the spaced repetition theory, which I find really cool. And you don't have to click any buttons or do anything. You just have to like focus on what you're doing. No memorization, no hard studying really. It's just a, a daily practice. And you can really get a lot done in say 15 minutes a day, which is also what Glossika recommends. Recommends you to do one session a day and uh, do it every day. And it really helps you see the language in context. It helps you get grammar conjugations without even studying the grammar rules. And it also helps you kind of learning the spoken language without actually speaking to anyone because obviously you keep hearing the pronunciation in your ears. So that helps you with understanding people, but also helps you pronounce words better. So highly recommend giving it a try. Uh, go to tryglossica.com. Uh, you can get started for free there are a couple of free languages as well like welsh and manx and otherwise like i said it's a monthly subscription but you do get access to all the languages so it's really worth it anyway uh, thank you for listening to this episode and see you in the next one for part two with dave prine